everyone. Welcome to Country and Origin. Got a really great episode for you uh, today. Um, we uh, This may be our last one of the year. We're not sure. We may do like a bonus one um, right before the new year, but uh, we may not. So you could. this could be your last one. We also don't know that it's going to be great yet. Uh, well, we have a we have a <laughs> great potential for what we are recording right now. There's good potential. There's good potential. And until we finish recording it, we don't know. Good company. Yeah. So uh, we've got a special guest on, and let me before we uh, introduce him, let me explain a little bit. So uh, we interviewed a handful of people over the last year. We've been doing this podcast for about a year, and we've interviewed you know a handful of people. And we've asked, uh, we you know, we've pulled all seven of our listeners that you know subscribe to this and asked them kind of what their favorites were, and uh, several independently brought up one particular episode. And so we decided that since this may be our last uh, uh, episode of the year, that we wanted to bring him back. So we've brought back uh, Matt Rulinger, uh, who uh, did an episode with us back in March or April, uh, and he was getting ready to go hike the Appalachian Trail, and so he was telling us about why he was doing that. Then he then went and hiked the trail, and he's now back, so we have him uh, back. So, Matt, welcome to Country and Origin again for a second time. Hello. Thank you. And Happy also, to be here. Congratulations on a year of podcasting. That's yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was one year ago. Th- we were traveling back from Thanksgiving, actually, um, with my – well, the weekend before Thanksgiving – and I was texting Matt about like what kind of microphones we should get and like what kind of software he used. And so Matt was kind of the original person that helped field a lot of our novice podcast questions. And then, I mean, the reason we really had him on the first time was because we all lived in Irvington. It was like kind of right as stuff was shutting down for COVID. And I mean, we were, we were pretty hard up and Matt was always available. Yeah. So, I mean, really, very strategic choice, but, you know, one of our most popular and highly requested guests to have back. Happy yeah, to be. Happy to be back. <laughs> and, and being our most popular episode is a real high bar, Matt, so I hope you feel uh, honored. I will take any victories I can get. This is going to go on my resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What um, happened to your podcast? i got to build one of those again now, so. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about that. What so? But you were doing podcasts before you left society for a time. What what happened I to was. your podcast? I mean, they certainly didn't have a, a listenership, <laughs> so it was really more. I, I started thinking them as like a time capsule yeah. of youth for like between because it was uh, two separate ones, both with friends, and so I was like, no one is listening to this. There's no way we're gonna, you know. Uh, pay bills with this but uh maybe you know when we get old we can always have these you know bank of like 30 i mean for now ben and i have had one for about three years four years so we have like a bank of oh my god like a hundred hours of conversations between my best friend and i so mm-hmm. that's you know that's kind of cool and then i have another one with a another dear friend of mine uh joe and we've been doing it for about a year and a half but anyhow your question we just kind of like put them on hiatus mm-hmm. i think Ben and I, because I took a a midterm like break, um, right. uh, when hiking. When I re- basically when I reached Massachusetts, I got off the trail for two weeks to spend the Fourth of July with Ben. I think we recorded an episode then and put it out. But since it's not like we had sponsors or listeners to be beholden to, we just kind of mothballed it and. 
are now looking into picking it up again now that I'm off the trail. But well, we we also yeah. took some unintentional hiatuses over we didn't the do course many. of the yeah, year. Yeah, we did not but, do many during. And we'll get yeah. we'll get into this later when we kind of basically bring you up to speed on everything that you missed while you were gone. But there were some periods Please. of 2020 that were a little tense. They were a little tense for us to be. It's been you know. a wild time. Well, <laughs> America, you know, started talking about Black Lives Matter, and Caroline and I just felt like the Country and Origin podcast did not <laughs> have the expertise to dive into that conversation. Yeah. Well, probably, you know, probably what people would say that we should, but we just shut up for a while mm-hmm. and listened, and um, and that felt good. Um, also, um, you know, when you're doing the same thing all the time, there's just not as much to yeah, we not were as like, much to share. We were all working from home. <laughs> Trying to, we were in I mean, Zoom calls all the time. So anyway, we'll get into that more yeah, later. Yeah. But um, that, I did want to say that one of the other reasons we brought you back. So one is because it was a very popular, uh, and by popular I mean five out of seven, right? Uh, I think said it was their favorite one. <laughs> so you know that's a that's a high uh, percentage. Uh, but the other reason that we brought you back is because it's kind of a cool concept. And I know you weren't totally shut off from the world, and you knew periodically what was going on. But it's kind of, I think, from a listener's perspective, funny to think about, like, okay, so we begin the pandemic, and we've got, you know, most of us had all these things, the daily news updates, all this stuff. Meanwhile, you're on the trail. And so it's kind of, I'm kind of excited to hear kind of your uh, perspective of, like, the randomly getting an update of what's going on and then going back out on the trail. So that's another thing that's just kind of fun, I think, to think about. So... But let's start, because you mentioned that you took a break in between. For people who maybe didn't listen to the first one or don't know, talk about kind of your your map and, like, the order of of the trail and kind of what that looked like from a timing and geography perspective. So, yeah, the the plan started over, at this point, two years ago to hike the Appalachian Trail. I grew up... Um, in South Central Pennsylvania, literally a mile away from the trail. So I was like horsing around on it as a kid. So I'd always kind of had this idea of hiking the trail, but I didn't really start seriously considering it until about two years ago. Um, at which point I like set the deadline of spring 2020. I was going to start in Georgia and I was going to do a true northbound hike. Um, so please stop me and ask for clarification. There's a ton of hiker jargon, just like in any other like pursuit or passion or whatever. So I was going to do a true northbound hike from Georgia to Maine um, starting in March. Well, you all know how the Rona happened. And so I chickened out of a Georgia start. Um, mm-hmm. But at that point, I'd already like figured out on leaving work in Indianapolis. So like, things were already in motion at that point. So by the end of April, beginning of May, I had moved back to Pennsylvania and was just kind of waiting because with the corona and um, specifically, there's a, a, a nonprofit advocacy group called the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, the ATC. Mm-hmm. The ATC was advising hikers, hey, postpone your hike. Don't go out yet, you know, that kind of thing. So I waited until the end of May, at which point I finally was just like, you know what, I'm going to start hiking north from Pennsylvania and I'll go until they stop me. So um, from May 23rd to August 26th uh, is my northbound hike. So started from mile 1134 and made it all the way to 2193, which is the summit of Katahdin, the final mountain. Um, 
And then I came back to Pennsylvania for a couple weeks just to relax. And then I flew down to Georgia and then I started um, from Springer Mountain in uh, Georgia on September 11th and started hiking north with the goal to finish before Thanksgiving. Uh, and so, yeah, I finished on November 13th. So That's when I finished. So it took me 174 days. I was just going to so ask you how stats. many days? 174 days. Yeah. Start, 174 days. That's with okay. a month of breaks. That's like a month of breaks in there. Um, okay. So yeah, two uh, two thousand one hundred ninety three miles, and then one hundred seventy four days. So my average is if you if you average it all out, I hiked roughly fifteen and a half miles a day. Um, wow. But the second wow. half was way more grueling pace wise, not terrain wise. I took way too many breaks on the first half. And uh, make up for I, the second half. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe have to haul ass in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, hey, just for people that don't even know, like, anything about the Appalachian Trail, uh, hmm. what state, what's the what's the list of states that you went through about, you know, I know yeah, you had different so, orders, but what's the total list? So, we'll start in the uh, northbound trajectory. So, you start in Georgia, and then you go between North Carolina and Tennessee for several hundred miles. It kind of um, stitches between the two. You're constantly crossing the border. Um, once you get through Tennessee, you go into Virginia, and then you have West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and then you end in Maine. Um, mm. And that's the, that's the list. That's a lot of in states. In that order is how you hit them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're also, I mean, we also take for granted on the East Coast, the states are teeny tiny. And so you can hit a bunch of them and it's not, you know, moving out to the Midwest or even going West, they have enormous states. They, they look, they uh, may be teeny tiny, but I bet they're, they feel a lot larger when you're walking, I imagine. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> so the state, I totally discounted. So there's only 50 miles of the trail that's in Connecticut. And I thought I was hot shit by the time I reached Connecticut. And I was like, 50 miles is going to be easy. And it took me so much longer to get through Connecticut and Connecticut whipped my ass hard. So mm. I, the, they back up their little Napoleon complex. So I didn't, I, I've learned my lesson not to discount the the small states anymore. Well, uh, so you especially sent, if you're walking them. You sent those email updates throughout the course of your your trek, and yeah, I'll be honest. I read some of the early ones, but Blaze Blaze caught me when I quit reading them because we actually went to Asheville, North Carolina, this summer. <gasps> nice. And I saw the signs, like you know, that we were really close. Like that. That's the the trail does pass through kind of that region of North Carolina, and I was like, oh my gosh. We should, like, come back or coordinate with Matt and, you know, is he close to here? Like, I had not been paying any attention at all. And you are like, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, um. It's okay. <laughs> Those were, I, I totally realized that I'm not, A, a great novelist, so that's heartbreaking. And then, two, I mean, it's also, I, I felt conflicted, but more grateful to just have the excuse of, like, you need to be thinking about this. And just some kind of forced connection with people in that, like, I have to touch base with someone because a lot of, I think the hardest part of the AT experience this year was the loneliness. It was Mm -hmm. a a lot less crowded this year. And so it was nice to just have that. So thank you for letting me pollute your inbox. I I wish I was a better writer. No, no, no. I liked them because they were succinct and you you had pictures, but they weren't like... These yeah. super long uh, introspective novels. They would they would kind of have like a, uh, a a quip, and then it's, then you were very like you know you know if you want to know more or whatever. Um, and I to your point it. earlier with like 
things being hard in the world. I definitely, I mean, so to, to jump in, uh, like I didn't hear about George Floyd's death until three days later. So mm-hmm. I like pop out of the woods and I turn on my phone and then it's like, oh shit, like what's going down? And like, you know, there's uh, riots in cities and, uh, you know, everyone's social media is blown up and I'm like, uh, and then I, I feel self-conscious about sending this email out because I know like many of my friends who are getting these emails are like young, politically active and engaged in kind of this what's going on in society. And it just felt really like this is a, it felt very tone deaf to put it mildly in a, in a negative spin of like what a privileged asshole is like, mm-hmm. hey, I know everyone's upset about this extrajudicial murder but i went for a hike this week and it was great like, hey matt don't even you should yeah. not feel at all bad because <laughs> let me tell you something instagram did not stop and there were i mean it, they, okay some influencers right. put up a black screen for for 24 hours that was it like there were tons of people we know and we did it too we did we're, it too we're, we're, we're like we're like you know uh, obligatory New York Times article uh, black, blacked out our screen, and then the next day it was like, uh, still a great place to get a uh, to get a good mai tai uh, here in the city. <laughs> what, yeah. with, I mean, like you know, you're not. A, what I'm saying is, is that what you felt, I think, is not unique. I think there was a lot of people that did not were like, well, I don't know what to do, but my, you know, I like to I like to post where I'm at, you know. And I also, I mean, it, it was a. Uh, a lesson that I had to learn multiple times over of kind of this humbling, like, know what you are. Like, dude, mm. you're not an influencer. You're just <laughs> sending an email to your friends. Don't be I'm such like, a narcissist. Yeah. Like, relax, dude. 15 it's people just on an email. email thread. Yeah. <laughs> right. Relax. Yeah. No one's like, oh my God, he's so. <laughs> yeah. How He'll dare never you be governor bring now. Yeah. Although, although, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I will say in 2020, there were people that were just kind of hunting and they're like, oh my gosh, how could he be sending out an email at a time like this? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, I did um, have a question for you, though, that I think. Sure. Uh, I remember whenever you first were about to leave on the trail, coronavirus was just kind of beginning and, or it'd been around, but it's, you know, you were kind of in the early stages, or what, we, what we'd learn later would be the early stages. And I remember uh, people making jokes and saying, man, what a sharp dude for leaving right now. Like, this is the best time in the world ever to hike the trail because, like, life's going to be miserable for <laughs> this whole time. So I, I feel like, though, that's a, that's a fair question. Um, from your perspective, you had already planned that, not knowing that this global pandemic would happen. You'd already made the plans. So it wasn't, like, in response to that. But was it a good time to hike the trail or was it not? I mean, what, what do you – have you thought I would about say, that? I would say yes. Okay. Um, uh, for, for so many reasons. I think for me, it was nice because um, I don't know how I, w- I don't know how I would have handled being you know living and working in Indianapolis, still going through quarantine, doing the eight months. I mean, being alone in a, in a sense, um, I, I just don't know how I would have navigated that. Plenty of people have. I, I made this joke to you on the phone weeks ago, but I think it is like the best way to describe hiking the AT in 2020. It's like America was going through puberty mm-hmm. and like everyone else was going through puberty in public school, but I was a homeschool kid. And so mm-hmm. it's the same awful body mod- like tra- and growing pains. But for me, I'm just like, I went for a hike and went to the museum. And everyone else is like, I had to shower in front of my peers and it was awful. Um, 
And so I, that is that I think has made it good and bad for hiking the AT in twenty twenty. Because for me, it was not like you know I'm the homeschool kid. Like, oh yeah, I mean I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have anyone to go to the dance with, but I also wasn't bullied because my dad was my history teacher. Like you know, it's not. Uh, it, I just, but it also is difficult in the sense of like how do I connect with people who had such a different experience of kind of a, a landmark year of shit happening and, and, and this um, foundational phase. But I think, so logistically, outside of society, hiking the trail, I think with the coronavirus, I didn't notice any really big difficulties with being able to actually hike the trail. Um a big part of hiking normal years is hitchhiking, but I really never needed to hitchhike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think even as a hiker, you, you you would have to go out of your way to want to hitchhike. But the few times that I did hitchhike, I never had a problem getting a car. Um, some, I mean, towns, it was, it was a little weird in um, basically between Pennsylvania and New Hampshire because the rules were changing from state to state and people mm-hmm. weren't very consistent. Well, by the time I reached New Hampshire, things had pretty much uh, achieved a standard and it was easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, when you go into town, you're wearing a mask, like da da da, these things. Ask these questions when you're going to book a hotel or a hostel and, you know, you just got to like go with the flow. So things that were nice as far as a hiker is concerned is like the decrease crowding. So I was doing – uh what we call shelter hopping. And so basically every 15 to 25 miles on the trail, there's a, a, a three-walled shelter that you can sleep in. So you don't have to pack a tent. And so what's nice is that since it was so less crowded with through hikers this year, um, or even day hikers, people pretty much just stayed away. I never really had to fight for a spot to stay in one of those shelters, which was nice. Um, sorry, I'm just rambling. No, that's great. <laughs> at this point. No, like, and that's, uh, I, I was yeah. curious, like you mentioned hostels, like were hostels open, you know, in like their normal function where you're like on bunk beds and. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was another wild thing, right? Cause it's, it's pretty clear that like some places in the hiking world and on the AT are, uh, were very much like, nah, fuck it. It's not even, you know. Don't be worried about it. And that was concerning to me. I mean, it, so I made it to this place in, I, I don't want to put them on blast, but I made it to this place in northern New Hampshire, and it was like the end of July, and I stayed in the house, and there was a, four beds, all four bunks were full, and the house had like 35 people staying in the house and people camping out on the yard so for the first night there there's like a bonfire and beer it's like a frat party um <laughs> all over again and i was just like whole and this is the first time in months i've seen a gathering of this size and i was like holy shit this is definitely not approved this is not corona approved um and i mean the attitude there was very much like eh what are you gonna do none of us are none of, there there was a among some people, definitely uh, an attitude of invulnerability, invulnerability um, about the situation, which I'm sure people listening who have been stuck in their houses for months are like, fuck these people. <laughs> like, uh, oh. oh, sorry if I'm not allowed to curse on this show. Oh, no, sorry. you're, you're no, fine. No, you, broke that, you broke that seal your okay. first time you interviewed. But yeah, no, and I, I think that, sure, that, I exists, that, that exists for all of us that didn't go on the trail. Like, I, I think there's, 
you know, I, I've, I've said it myself, like, well, you know, we're not at risk. Like I'm, you know, 30 and healthy, right. like, you know, it's, and, um, now that doesn't mean that hasn't correlated with us, like having major keggers, like inside of sure, a yeah, building yeah, yeah. or something, but yeah, no, it, that, that has been in, uh, existence. In well, in your constantly get, I mean, it's just from family to personal life. I mean, that's, it's, you know, you know, this. I mean, it's just, you get invited to things and you're like constantly like, well, you know, I trust this person, but I don't know. This thing could get out of hand, you know. Yeah. And then, or or you show up and you're like, are they going to judge me for? It's it's a very, it's a weird situation. We I have think, not been we've not been perfect. Oh, we have certainly we, not we been perfect. Not we've done no a few things. That we, yeah. we we get yeah. done with it and we're like, uh, that was not smart. We I actually have, have <laughs> usually been the one on the front side saying like, I don't think we should do this, but um, well, I mean, yeah, Caroline wants to make sure the record right. reflects that she's you know. She's always right or ready to defend her, her point of view, if mm-hmm. not. But a rule follower. Just, I was going to say, between the two of you, who's the who's the more stricter rule follower? Like, when we open a board game, let's know the rules before we start playing. Oh, that's it's, it's actually, we're both, I think, in some ways, rule followers, but we have, I would say we kind of have a different philosophy on the rules. I like the spirit of the rule. Let's, let's, uh, let's get really clear <laughs> on what the spirit of the rule is, because... Invariably, I you know we're gonna we're gonna get to a place where there isn't something written down on paper for us, and so I just want to better understand the spirit of it. And then if we need to, we can reference what's on paper, and I'm, I'm sure that's that's fine. Caroline is more like, very much more like I want to know what the rule book says, and if you get you, you need to be able to cite the rule. Is it four point two six B, or you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I want to brush. I want to get right up to it like as close to the as line. bending will allow like i need to know exactly yeah. where the line is i also generally generally like want to know why the rule was put in place I, just to like I check think people an, i think another way to say this maybe is like <laughs> i'm a lot more concerned in the goals for the game like you know what is the what's the you know what is the caroline's very concerned about i mean we're both concerned about the goals for the game mm-hmm. but i think that that she is like what are the rules so that i know how to get really close to them and I'm more like, you know, what's the what's the spirit of the game? Like, why does someone play this game? Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of how I, I think like we it. approached uh, a coronavirus stuff, which got us in trouble sometimes because sometimes I think I got a little caught up in the in the, the spirit. spirit of the, you know. <clears throat> and it was and the same way on. I mean, stuff. oh yeah, and I mean it was the same that same attitude like pervaded through AT people because I know I mean even to to this day the Appalachian Trail Conservancy which I, to clarify for people listening is not a governing body mm-hmm. over the Appalachian so the Appalachian Trail is all public land there isn't like the federal government technically I guess would be in charge but only of certain sections so like Shenandoah and the Smoky Mountains are in federal parks and it goes through federal forests but there's no like AT cops and people <laughs> got this attitude and so the Appalachian Trail Conservancy I would say is similar to like um, uh, Trout Unlimited or um, this maybe people may not appreciate this but like the NRA like they're really just an advocacy group and so they're like hey postpone or cancel your hike is they have no way to enforce this mm-hmm. and it is really just their Opinion, but so you would get some people on the trail who would be so mad that because of like the ATC is not 
officially recognizing people who did a through hike in 2020. So you don't get your certificate, you know, blah, 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 oh. that kind of stuff. And so there are people who are mad as hell about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other people, you know, you'd run into people, day hikers or town people who'd be like, didn't the ATC said you couldn't come out here? And it's like, I mean, you're out here too. Did they stop <laughs> you? Like, there's not like, there's no cop that's going to show up with their ATC, you know, patch and be like, hey, get out of here. Um, <laughs> So you have some people who are like mad as hell and just like um, just didn't care that the ATC suggested it. Then you had other people who were like, well, we're going to try to observe these as best we can, um, but we're still going to push on and do the hike. Um, And then you obviously, I mean, a ton of people didn't pursue a through hike because of Corona and and the uh, recommendations of ATC and stuff like that. And so speaking of so the spirit... So you get spirit, the whole scam. Yeah, the spirit of the rule. Wasn't the, the spirit of that recommendation in large part because of, like, having outside traffickers, like, coming into small communities? Or I think I remember you sharing that, like, in hostile culture, which would be true for anybody who's ever, like, traveled Europe or, like, stayed in hostels, like, you've got a bunch of, like, often young single people that all, you know, go party and stay together and hook up and all right. kinds, you know. So... Wasn't that kind of the rationale? Social for distancing. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I here's the thing. I I think the ATC is doing they they're stepping in line with state and national agencies because that's who they work with to protect the the trail and get funding and and you know things like that. So they're not going to come out and say just like I don't I don't know that any other like Trout Unlimited wouldn't be like don't worry about it guys it's all cool but you know <laughs> they would say like hey be you know they they're going to come out and say be safe do these things follow these regulations and guidelines and I I think yeah the initial concern posted in the emails and on the pages was like hikers are walking from town to town they could transmit the the virus you know, in five days, you, I could get 125 miles. So I could jump, you know, in, in the time it would take, I guess, really to incubate and start experiencing symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you could get to a whole other town um, and communicate it that way. I mean, I talked about those shelters. Mm-hmm. They're only like, uh, you know, six foot deep and eight to 10 feet wide. And you might have four to eight people sleeping in them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's no distance. So, I think the ATC is getting these recommendations from the CDC and they're looking at this knowing what trail life is normally like and saying, well, social distancing doesn't happen in hostels. It's not going to happen in um, shelters more than likely. Right. So there is this chance that these people are going to get sick out on the trail. And then they say, and again, we, we just didn't know it enough at the time, I would say. Um, Because then they're like, look, if these people are sick at a shelter that's like 40 miles outside of a town, then it becomes an an evacuation thing where we have to get rangers and all these other EMS people involved to get a sick person out of the woods. So I totally understand where they're coming from and why they haven't changed their tune. And I I don't blame – I am not a thru-hiker that is mad at the ATC for doing what they did. Mm -hmm. I don't – like – it didn't stop me, so I guess that could you could interpret that however you'd like. Uh, well, and yeah. uh, I do think it's funny though because it's kind of like we have to be careful about these vagrants on the trail going in and out of these towns. 
but we're not stopping international or, or you know, we're not starting to me- stopping domestic flights. <laughs> it's like, you're like, I can make 125 right. miles. I'm like, people can make thousands of miles on a plane, you know. Thousands mm-hmm. of miles. And the real risk is more more than likely it's going to be a hiker goes into town and gets sick from someone or someplace in town. It's not going to be that you're going to catch it out in the on woods the trail. Right. hiking. Yeah, you're going to, yeah. Right. Well, they still had so, Sturgis, so I don't think you should feel any guilt at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, still mean, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I don't think that that should be our like measuring stick of like. No, I know, I know. I just, was, I just wanted to bring up Sturgis. I just wanted to bring up Sturgis. Okay. You like to bring that up. I like to bring up Sturgis. It is funny to think about. So, like every year, there's a thing called Trail Days in a town called Damascus, Virginia, which is like the first. It, it is. It's a trail town destination of renown among the culture. And so the big thing is that they have like a parade of, of classes. So like I'm the class of 2020. Um, and I just wonder what it, one will trail days happen in 2021 or in the future going to a trail day is like, what is, are they going to let the, the class of 2020 like hike and be represented, you know, mm-hmm. in this like celebration, or is it always going to be this like besmirched? There was, <laughs> uh, so in these in the shelters, there's a ton of graffiti, which is fun because I mean I would send pictures. You see some silly stuff, but there was always this guy tagging every shelter called 2020 Outlaws, and so I just have a feeling that that's a little bit of the attitude of uh-huh. some of the people who finished this year. They were like, we're the bad, we're, you know, we're the bad kids in class. We're the outlaws. Uh, and you're like, so, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an outlaw here. I just, you know, <laughs> just doing right. I just, I, I've, I was like, guys, I've never been an outlaw. I'll be honest. I've always been, I'm teacher's pet. Like, where's the teacher's pet? Like, oh, this, this this guy. You do not want me being an outlaw. I'm, I'd be bad at it. I'd be the accountants for the outlaws. Yes. What I yeah. Like. So, um, Kind of setting coronavirus and how that affected the trail. Yeah, aside sorry. For a no, 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 no. It's. I mean, it's all really interesting. It's all everyone talks about. Yeah. I know. Yeah, but I remember before you left to go on the trail that one of your big reasons. Uh, so this is going to be more of a personal question, but one of the big reasons you wanted to go was to really try to like feel something. Maybe I. I don't want to use the word spiritual, but yeah. like kind of to really unpack like the meaning of existence or meaning of life for yourself. And so really small question, curious <laughs> if you figured that out. What is the meaning of life, guys? Yeah, well, yeah. Just I wasn't to spoil it in my new book. <laughs> uh, I did have those experiences. I think for me, some of the like finer points that I've been able to, because I'd have these big, I had like a few like deep, big, emotional, moving moments or experience or just things. I was like, oh, that's awesome. But even then, it's only like finding a nugget of unrefined ore or metal or like a precious stone. It's still got a lot of shit on it. And it's not like it's not a a, a pleasing shape. It still has work to be done on it. But like some of the stuff, you know, I I think for me, um one thing that is a challenge that I think will just be a lifelong challenge, but is something that I thought of on the trail is like to not get angry about things that I'm one, not going to do anything to change. Knowing about this thing and being angry about it is not going to affect my behavior. And then two, if I, if that is true, but also if I have no power or control over it, like I just Mm -hmm. don't, why do I let this thing, you know, live in my brain or affect my mood or just, you know, get angry 
when the, you know if both of these statements are true, then I need to start looking at letting it go and actively letting mm. it go. Um, I think the the trail in general really inspired me to like do more in my life to make beauty in the world because so I had this like. I had this moment at the top of a place called um, the Kinsman's in New Hampshire, and so I it was like it was like being on drugs, but not. Mm. Um, so I climbed to the top of the Kinsman's. It's over four thousand feet. It's an alpine vault, and you're looking out over just this breathtaking scenery. It's sunny. I'm sitting. I'm chilling out up there, and I'm just was like, this spot has always been here regardless of people it took humans to like say hey let's walk up there let's find a path up there and we'll make a, like the trail is a construct of the human mind it's not it, it isn't a natural path that just like god put in the woods that we stumbled upon like people made it up mm-hmm. and had to construct it and plot it and i was like wow like this beauty has always been here but it took someone to find it and then to like try to get that beauty accessible to other people mm. and so i was like yeah you should spend part your life should be trying to make the world more beauty beautiful or to expose people to the beauty that exists there mm-hmm. and so that's the thing that i you know another thing that i took away from uh, hiking. I also had a lot of like kickball sessions. It's so weird, the people that you meet on the trail. So I spent the second half of the trail really hiking with this guy named Senor. Oh, we all have on the trail, there's a thing called trail names where no one uses what we call the government name. So no one goes by their government name. They all go by their trail name. So I hiked with this guy, Senor, who uh, prior to the trail, he was in Mexico with the Peace Corps and everyone got evacuated he left the Peace Corps and just started hiking the AT. So anyhow, he and I had like a lot of long talks about like the big questions in life. What is purpose? Is there a God? Et cetera, and so forth. And it was nice to see like how my attitude about those things has changed and evolved. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know. So I, your initial question, did I find like meaning? I would say, yeah, I found a ton of that stuff. I don't know that I... I found it, and now I'm in the process of refining it and mm-hmm. making it something that I could I can use, but also that I could share. I mm-hmm. think is a big thing that I, I still need to do now that I'm back. Mm-hmm. I was whenever um, Blaze, you know, confirmed with you that we would chat this week. I was, you know, thinking about your experience and like if if hiking the trail was something that would ever even be not not seriously, but just I was kind of considering how how we are wired blaze and i and we were talking about uh you know are do you think that people are are more wired to like find god god or meaning or you know um a a spiritual connection sometimes maybe some are more wired to find that in nature and others are more likely mm. to see it. Do you see it more in nature? Or do you see it more in people? And I think the trail example that you shared about like unveiling beauty was kind of a combination of, of both, right? Like it was nature that was already there, but it was, you know, the brilliance of, of man and the curiosity and kind of the nature of the, the human spirit that led us to have something that's lasting that allows a lot of other people to experience that. And so anyway, I think we kind of decided 
for us, or I'll say for myself, I think I see it more in people than I, you know, but it also is probably based on environment and access to nature. Uh, But I think it's cool that you really got that, it sounds like, from both mediums on your trail experience. Yeah. I mean, I think every religion has a pilgrimage of some fashion in it. Mm -hmm. Some of it is through nature, into nature, um, but there's also... You, you know, journeys within yourselves, I would say, mm-hmm. or through other people. So, yeah, you don't have to climb a mountain, but I totally understand why people would do that or or do do that. You know, like I, I climbed uh, my first mountain of the whites, which is a range in New Hampshire. I, it's called Musilock. And it was so weird getting up that high. I totally understand why primitive peoples or you know you're like oh yeah so you know like why did the why did the greek gods live on mount olympus and once you climb up that high you it makes sense why people would imagine oh yeah the gods live up here like it's so still and you know huge and it just seems like yeah this is this is where they would dwell up here Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i think every i think anyone who seeks for some kind of spiritual nourishment goes on a pilgrimage but it doesn't have to be a walk in the woods, so to speak. Uh, but I, that certainly appeals to my sensibilities. Sure. But, you know, I would say you could do it. You could do it through humans or, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, very cool. Um, well, I, I had another. You, this is, oh. <laughs> I mean, there's so many questions. One of the ones that I had, which might be kind of a downer, but I am kind of curious. I know that you went on to this experience with a couple of questions in mind that you were like, you know, maybe I remember on the podcast you did before you left, it was kind of like, you know, maybe that, maybe this off, maybe I'll learn this on the trail. Maybe I'll free this out on the trail or maybe I won't. I don't know. Were there questions yeah. that you hoped might be answered while you were on the trail that aren't, you still don't have an answer to? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, um, I mean, it's always been a, a, a difficult I, I, I left the trail coming back being like, I did this thing, but I don't feel like it translate. It's not an immediate translation into now, what do I do for society to, you know, receive financial compensation? So like, mm-hmm. I didn't get clarity on like, what am I going to do with a career now? Or, you know, I think those, those questions still remain very nebulous. There's a lot of like, relationship questions or thoughts that I had on the trail that now are put to test. You know, it's, it's easy to be like, um, I've thought about this person or this relationship over the past these months and, and I've come to a resolution about it. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know where I am now, but, but then you come back and you see that person or you have a dinner, you know, at home. I think of like an example of this is like with my parents, you know? So like, I'm thinking about all this shit and then I go like, Oh yeah, they haven't been thinking about this for months. <laughs> so they're not, they're not in this place. I've been having all these talks in my head and they're mm-hmm. still living their lives, you know, doing their own thing. And they're not at this place where, uh, you know, whatever, this can be resolved or I could ask them this question and they're not like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's questions like that. I mean, I was fascinated just by the types of people I met on the trail. So I didn't get really a lot of clarity on the human condition. But I will say that the AT overall made me more hopeful and gave me like a renewed faith in people. Mm. So 
that could be a belief born out of ignorance just because I was secluded from things <laughs> or maybe it's a deeper truth. Who knows? But so, sorry, can, the short answer to your, your short question is like, yeah, tons of stuff unresolved. Can you share maybe just one or, or two examples of like a couple of those human experiences that like gave you renewed hope? I feel like for those of us that didn't hike the trail, we could totally use a little bit of that right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like th- we'll start with like um, people being capable of incredible things. So I met a guy named Lefty in New Jersey, and this was just after I had passed my 200 mile marker, and I was super depressed for the first 200 miles of the trail. I wanted to like every day was a constant conversation not to quit. And I met this dude named Lefty in New Jersey, and he got that name because he lost his left arm. Uh, trail names are very clever. Uh, if you have glasses, you're four eyes or something, you know, they're not, <laughs> but anyhow, Lefty, Lefty was missing his left arm and he had started in Georgia back in March and he had stayed on the trail and he had continued. He was well over halfway and this dude just had an incredible life story of he lost his arm. He's raised three kids to go into college that weren't his kids, but they were, you know, his new wives. He's in his late fifties. Wow. Uh, and he was just like, I'm going to fucking do this. Mm. And there's a, there's a bunch of times throughout the trail where you have to ford a river. And, I mean, you do it with a full pack on. It's fucking hard with two arms because I have a trekking pole and I'm making my way. And so he went to this river crossing and this guy tried to, like, take his pack from him to help him get across. And he's like, you don't understand, man. Like, I have to do this shit myself. I have to be the one to finish it. And so, like... Meeting him was awesome, and then seeing, like, I follow him on the trail, and, you know, I'd hear about, I'd, I'd follow him and, and see him finish Katahdin on Instagram was awesome, and being like, dude, that's amazing. Wow. Um, you'd see just, there's a, a big thing in the hiking community called Trail Magic and Trail Angels, and so Trail Magic is just unexpected kindness or something you needed just showing up when you needed it. Um, and trail angels are usually the people that do the kindness. So, um, there's a shout out to Bob and Barb at the tail end of my, my hike. Senor and I have been doing like 25 miles every day for like the past 10 days. We've just been hauling ass and I get to this river crossing, which is near a road. And in the parking lot, I meet the, this elderly couple walking their dogs their name's Bob and Barb, and they're just like, hey, do you guys want to just, like, come stay at our house tonight? Like, we'll drive you back in the morning, we'll feed you, all the stuff. And we're like, oh my god, yeah, I don't want to hike another four miles to the shelter, and a hot meal would be, and a shower and laundry sounds incredible. Yes, please. Uh, and they're, I mean, it, like, I think back to my pre-trail life, and I, I would ask this of you, like, would you take food from a stranger that you didn't see them prepare that they just like met you on the side of the road like if you were walking in downtown indianapolis and someone was just like here's a hamburger would yeah, you eat no, it no no, no you'd be like just yeah. get out of here are you crazy mm-hmm. but that's like normal on the trail you're like fuck yeah give me the hamburger like, you, don't even ask. <laughs> um, you know it's so uh, it's just kindness <laughs> and these people i mean what's crazy is like you know i think about it, it, you know, it used to scare my mom when I would tell her these stories because she's like, why are you going and staying with these strangers? I was like, think about how they must feel because mm. they're living in the normal world. And then, I mean, you see this like long, greasy haired, 
skinny, smelly dude with a backpack you've never met. And they invite me to come sleep in their house and eat their food. Like, they don't know me. That's crazy to think that they would just let two strangers into their house for, you know, no money and no gain. So, but people did it all the time. And there's trail magic up and down the, the whole length of the trip. So... Yeah, it's just incredible that it, yeah, so people trail, are mostly magic, just trying to help one another out. Yeah, so it sounds like trail magic in some ways is just kindness in in some ways. Yeah, it's just kindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the it's just the trail way of saying kindness cuz mm. you know, yeah, it's 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 weird and people uh, uh it's it is strange how sometimes like when you didn't know you needed it, people yeah. will just offer you shit and you're like, "Yeah, that would be nice." So like I I was just crossing the border into Maine and I'm standing at this vista and this couple comes up out of the trail and we just, you know, say good morning, exchange pleasantries. And they're like, hey, we're hiking out. Do you want some beers? We're, we have them in the car in the parking lot. And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and so we like hike down the trail. I meet them in the parking lot and we just had like, we just like split a six pack there and then they drove on home and I kept hiking. Like, I don't know. It's... It was crazy. So awesome. there's all sorts of, you know, stuff like that where shit just works out when it shouldn't or uh, you make a huge mistake, but then somehow it all comes together. Um, yeah. It's, didn't you, it's a wild place, but it still somehow works. Didn't you maybe share in one of your emails that like the these people that will often take in hikers off the trail, like it's kind of a common practice for them. So maybe even they might even have like a guest room or something set up. I just think that's so wild that that's yeah. like a that's a cup filling practice that they've just like accounted for in their lives it's so crazy to me but it inspired me because i was like man i want to be that for a hiker mm-hmm. you know this year or so i finished on the 13th and two days later my hiking partner senior finished and at his like ending we ran into two southbound hikers and I was just like, hey, if you guys need anything over the next two days, I'm your guy. I will bring you food. I will carry your gear. I'll do like anything you need. And they were just like blown away. They were like, fuck, yeah, we needed this so much. And I was like, yeah, it's trail match. I mean, it, it. the kindness that those people showed me for no reason, it certainly inspired me to, to do that for, for others. Hmm. Uh, That's a powerful so. um it's a powerful learning, honestly. It really is. It's wild, yeah. Most people not, are good and are just trying to help you out. Yeah, it may not may not fully answer the prompt of, of what is the meaning of life, but I think it, it gets pretty darn close, you know, that we're it all here. It feels like, yeah, it feels like the answer's in there. We just got to, like, sand it down and get it into a nice phrase. Right, right. Well, thank you for sharing all of that, Matt. Um one quick question I had, and then Blaze may have another for you, is you mentioned trail names. What was your trail name? Or are you allowed? Uh, are you allowed to tell us? So, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So my trail name was my trail name was Hedge Mage, um, but I always introduce myself as Hedge because people don't like the two jizz. And just the way it, it feels and the mouth feel to use a culinary <laughs> term is not fun for people. But I took German for four years, so I'm like, let's slam all the consonants together. Yeah. Feels fine to me. So but, why, but yeah, so hedge, why? hedge Mage was mine. Okay. Uh, the best way, I think, so this is not a shameless pug, but now that I've said that, it's 
gonna sound like it you go on my if you go to instagram uh <laughs> there's a photo that i posted on july 8th and it's of like me as a as a baby through hiker but you can see so the glasses that i have on now that you can see and that folks will see in the picture are very like harry potter looking just because they're circular mm-hmm. um now every circular set of frames look like harry potter glasses mm-hmm. but then my walking stick if you have a walking stick, it's Gandalf. So I, on the trail, I just looked like this weird hillbilly hybrid of Gandalf and Harry Potter. And so it like, it, it came out just kind of looking, you look like, like, like a, like a hedge wizard or a, you know, a hillbilly wizard, a hedge mage. And so hedge mage was like the most succinct version that I could get which was fun by me because i'm a like nerd and fantasy lore and stuff like this i was like yeah okay hedge mage that's it done i can live with that and that is what i will be from here on out yeah but Hmm. you know there's a in the through hiking community uh there's a kind of the the trail name is 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 difficult because sometimes people give themselves their own trail name which i personally don't have an issue with Uh uh-huh but it, it, it can sometimes be like when you give yourself your own nickname. Yeah. Because some people will give themselves the trail name. Like, I, oh, dude, I can't. Fuck him. If he hears this <laughs> podcast, good. I hope he does. It's this dude I met. He named himself Lionheart. And I'm like, oh. and he is the biggest jabroni ever. And I was like, yeah, of course you gave yourself that name. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, dude, if you have to say you're cool, you're probably not. Yes. Yeah. And that was 100% this guy. That I can um, totally picture. So, I can picture this guy very easily. What? Here's the thing. Here's what's crazy. What you're picturing is in the spirit true, but he was not at all looked like. I was like, we what? There's another kid who he is a kid, so I have to remind myself that like. So you're meeting people of all different ages. Uh-huh. And so this one, he's like 19. So I realized that like I'm beaten up on the like I was also a punk when I was 19. Mm-hmm. But so he named himself the Duke of the Trail, and that's because he was hiking <laughs> with mommy and daddy's money. And so he was just like balling out of control, <laughs> staying like at the nicest hostels and blowing a shitload of money. He would, but see, here's the thing: he was only 19, so he was basically getting the peasants like me to try to buy him alcohol so the way he could drink it but mm-hmm. he's a punk but yeah he gave himself the name the, the duke. duke of the trail I was, oh like, my gosh. I was like dude that is the <laughs> yeah. he has he has some lessons he may have learned on the trail you know who knows what? but then there are sometimes there are other people that you get your trail name is like the simplest thing so for example like i shared lefty he was just a guy missing his left arm and so everyone's like your name's lefty now like fuck like (laughs) that's what you're gonna call me for two thousand miles you're gonna remind me of this thing thanks i guess you know also sometimes they're not that creative because he's like not a lefty anymore you know Um, yeah exactly yeah yeah or you'd get people named sunshine who are super like Downers, like they're not really happy people, but they have that name. Sorry, I'm rambling, and no, I no, promised no. I would. I, I do. <laughs> I do have a question. This is Please get to you. this is it's kind of light, but um, we, we, you know, there could be someone that listens that uh, might consider doing the trail themselves someday. So, in your view, you know, what are what are good reasons to to do this trail, and what are not good reasons to to go hike this trail? This is gonna be so hippy dippy, but like, if you think you should do it, you should. Mm. that's like period if if it if you hear about it and you're like i should do that then yeah you should Mm. um i would say to anybody you can do this i mean uh i met 
her name is her trail name is Tailspin, and we hiked through Massachusetts to Maine together. And she's a badass, but she said something once that made us laugh. Um, uh, the elderly children and dogs can do this, hmm. so so can you. And it, it, she's right. So like, yeah, I mean, you're it's when you're hiking the trail. So this is to the people who who think they should or want to. Like, it's it's so hard not to compare yourself to other hikers. But like, look. If you hike the trail and you only do 10 miles at a time, you still did it. It doesn't fucking matter if you're not doing 30s. That's not what it's about. Mm. Um, it's about, did you do it? Did you did you hike those miles? Yes, then you did it. Mm. Um, so if you think you should do, and I would say, it doesn't even have to be the AT. Maybe the Appalachian Trail doesn't appeal to you at all, but if you're like, I wanna go on a long trail, um, then yeah, find one. The PCT, which is the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide are the two other big ones in the States. There's the Camino de Santiago in Spain, which is the next one I want to do. There's the long, there's a bunch of long trails all over the place. Um, so yeah, if it appeals to you, do it. Um, I, reasons that I ran into other people or reasons that other people had to do the trail that I would say didn't connect with me was like competition. Mm -hmm. So you had, uh, there was a woman this year who tried to set the record. Her trail name was Mercury and she was running 52 miles a day. Oh my gosh. She, uh, which is, I'm just like, what a badass. Yeah. And, but here's the thing to, to do that. And she's, uh, I mean like this is not meant to diminish what she did, but she didn't break the record. So she did all that craziness and still didn't break the record. I'm just like, oh, that would that would kill me. I would throw myself off of Katana <laughs> if I made it up there and I didn't break she's it. Running, she's running but a so marathon me, every day. An ultra. She's oh, running an ultra marathon every single day, and it's not. And it's that's rain or shine. That's regardless of elevation change. Like she's putting in those miles every single day That's it's insane. fucking nuts right i just was like i can't even admit but you know she's a professional athlete yeah. so her brain that appeals to her yeah um this guy i hiked with his name is gump we summited together and he's like the people use the trail for all different reasons and that is true so like People will use it because they want to party, and people will use it because they want to find inner peace. People will use it because, I mean, like you said before we left, like some people are running away from something, mm -hmm. and others are running towards. So, but I think in general, if you think I should do that, then yeah, you should give it a shot. Hmm. Well, that's good advice. We had a few people that listened. <laughs> no, seriously, we had a few people that reached out to us that listened that you know had like they they or their children had some interest in this and so they wanted to yeah kind of know that well i mean they could totally reach i mean it may not happen next year or whatever but they can always reach out to me if you want to pass along my email or something and be what like is, hey this guy did it he could give you advice yeah what is your instagram if uh do you oh, care to, sh to I'm, share no i don't but i will say i'm so horrendous at social media but <laughs> i and i even i was looking at I pulled it up and I was like, I did such a shit job with social media on this trip. Like, I'm a goofy <laughs> face and so many of these posts. Anyhow, so my handle is MRR5297. And that's because I made it as a freshman in college. And I just didn't. And this is going to be such an old man thing. Uh, can you even change your handle at this point? If, or if you. 
yeah. got what you got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. R five two nine seven. Oh, good. Well, that's something I should do then, but you not after that. I've published in the. Well, well, we'll uh, include. But anyhow, yeah, yeah. And, we'll um, include whatever your current one is in like the show notes. Don't feel cool. don't feel so old. I mean, I, and yeah, I you can just uh, see. I couldn't make an Instagram yeah. handle on my freshman year of college. It didn't ex- it didn't exist. College. <laughs> so yeah, you can see like uh, you can see most of the trip. I started posting when I got to New Jersey, okay. and then I try to keep up with it all the way through. Okay. You'll see my terrible hair. Which I know, now I have a clean civvy cut. Which I was is nice. hoping we were going to get to see the hair. I was hoping you, you still had You were going to see the it. long hair? Yeah. No, I got rid of that, mm, I think after like the first week. Okay. I, I just, I, I couldn't stand looking at it. <laughs> it. It didn't, it doesn't look great in the photos. And even like washed, I just didn't, I just, I don't know. I never had long hair, so I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, we thought since you have been pretty removed from society as a whole, really briefly, we True. would maybe just kind of like bring you up to speed uh, on what happened while you were gone. So when we left things with you, Matt, we were taking walks uh, in the park that kind of sits between our, our two houses. You were here when, you know, quarantine kind of originally began and all of these companies were deciding like, okay, we're all going to work from home now. And I think all of us kind of assumed that maybe it would be like, I don't know, a month or two of just like very restricted social activity. Blaze, do you want to, do you want to kind of go through the, well, the lineup of Well, first of, of all, this is, it's, it's a fun exercise, but I, I also know that Matt is pretty up to speed. So it's not like he's like waiting on, ben, he's not like, no, thank God y'all had this podcast update. Who's me the on. president? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, you know, uh, <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Sorry. I, uh, I, I say that as a joke, and then I was like, oh, shit, that is real. No, it's not it's excited. Excited. People are, <laughs> you know, But I do yeah. think it's just a fun exercise for listeners. It is kind of funny because if you – if I know that you got news updates periodically, right? But let's say you didn't. Let's say you're on this trail you never heard anything. You would come back to find that, um, well, with coronavirus, we've, we're now up to 250,000 deaths, um, which is massive. Uh, to put that in comparison, that's four Vietnam Wars, seven Korean Wars, uh, double World War I, uh, the death toll there. Um, our largest day of COVID uh, deaths would exceed that of 9-11. But isn't this just uh, like the flu? Uh, uh, H1N1. That's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> H1N1 claimed 12,000 lives. Uh, we're at 250,000. So anyway, you would come back to that. You would also come back to um, a divided America, even after the election, uh, where the the uh, current president has not conceded his loss, and so the next president has just had to move on, even though it's never been conceded, and uh, is going and doing cabinet. I mean, it's it's a it's a mess. But I think I was trying to think about like what's the craziest thing though, like because if you because there was also racial, you know, social injustice and and uh, racial. You know, there were there were marches in the streets about George, the murder of George Floyd. But I think if I was in a deep, dark cave and someone were to tell me when I came out, like, hey, Blaze, while you were gone, um, several, uh, you know, black men were shot by police officers and it resulted in this these huge, uh, you know, protests and social unrest. I would probably be like, I can, I can see that happening in America. But I think if I would have told you that, hey, um, the medical community... 
uh, and uh, all of the leader, medical leaders around the world said to wear masks, and it turns out that's become a real political issue, that some people just refuse, they just feel like it's a, an infringement on the rights to wear masks. I would be shocked by that. Like, I think if I would have been in a hole and came out, I'd have said, really, like, that was how we, that's what we're divided over? But, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm on a long rant now. Well, and I think we probably also, you know, in fairness to the the spirit of our podcast, Country and Origin, like, one of the things I think we've seen is a lot of people espousing, um, you know, religious views or cultural views that are about, like, love your neighbor or um you know being a part of like a community and sometimes those are the people that are the most averse to um you know wearing a mask or respecting social distancing norms and uh that has been i mean that's still a a pill that i'm trying to swallow personally yeah so my family so my sister went home for thanksgiving Uh, we did not we were supposed to go to texas but we decided not to travel and uh my sister, I called her after she got there, and, and she drove from Austin to south of Lubbock to Seagraves, and she said, uh, she's like, yeah, it was crazy. She said, um, we stopped to get gas, and Michael, her husband, she's like, he went into the uh, gas station, you know, had his masks on, and there were, like, people in there, like, kind of wanting to start a fight with him, like, oh, you're one of those mask wearers, and this was right before Thanksgiving, um, and so she yeah, said that my nuts. dad, she, she told me a story about when they were there, my dad went into like a farm store and a group of people there wanted to kind of start a fight with him. And It was a pack of Mennonites. And I feel confident we can call that by name because I don't think we have any oh, Mennonite on, listeners to this podcast. They, it's a, they, they are called Mennonites, but they, uh, the people that listen to don't know it's a different group of Mennonites there. And similarly, anyway. Uh, but so they like, they buy technology and they have equipment and right, everything. Right, no, I know. But anyway, yeah, they were, they were like kind of making fun of my dad about it. And you know, kind of making him seem like a, but it's it's all about strength. So it's about the terminology. It's like, like you're not tough enough, huh? You're you're scared, like that's how they phrase it. Which you know, it's like to to men out there, that's like the low blow, you know. Uh, and yeah, exactly. And so anyway, it's Them's been real disappointing. Words. It's been real disappointing on that. Now I'm not when I segue into this, I was like kind of noting all these other things, including like, you know, the racial. Uh, issues we have and white supremacy on the rise and all this stuff, which I don't want to make, I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just, I, I was just shocked at how like everything's political now. Everything's divisive. Yeah. Everybody's got their tent that they go to and uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how much it's got about rural America and the, I mean, it's it's funny and it's not funny actually, it's sad, but like, um, I think some of it's starting to change because of the death toll in rural America is like such on the rise that it's like weird. But we've been in Carolina and I, we can't disclose names though, but we've been in conversations recently with people who were believed it was a hoax, then believed we were overreacting. And then now all at once are like, uh, hey, this is serious. We need to take this seriously. And it's because someone close to them died. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, it's easy for us. I mean, I hate to do it because I think sometimes you want to do like the I told you so, but it's people sadly suffering. My dad said this right. uh, and... My dad said this back in like March or April, and and he was one of those that was took this pretty seriously early on, even in, even though he was in a county uh, full of people that didn't. And one of the things he said is he said, um, I, you know, he told me that he had some people that are like, oh, I just don't think this is they're blowing this out. And my dad said, I think we're all going to say that until someone we know dies, mm-hmm. and then that's when it's going to come real. And I, you know, I think yeah. I think he was, you know, proven proven right in a lot of ways. I think for a lot of people, it it, it will not be it. 
the sacrifice, the small sacrifices, be it as small as wearing a mask or as large as shutting down your business, which I know is painful for people and hard. And we thankfully haven't had to suffer any of that. But, you know, Caroline and I personally, but I, what I'm saying is, is that I, I think those sacrifices all seem like they're too great of a sacrifice until you, until you have someone in your family or a friend or someone close to you that dies and then you realize how senseless uh, you know, we, this all is, and, and, you know, you should prevent it at all costs, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. One of the disheartening things on the trail was hearing people towards the end talk about coming back to the world and being like, there's no fucking way I'm going to wear a mask when I get off the trail. And that bummed me out so hard because to be a good through hiker, in my opinion, the most important quality you need is to be courteous. Like that is yes. the key to being a good through hiker is being courteous. Everyone, I mean, like on, and I can name countless things on trail that are poor etiquette, being discourteous, but like in general, be courte. If you're courteous, you'll be a good through hiker. And so I saw these people who I was like, "You're a good through hiker." Like translate, just be courteous back in the real world. Like it's it's not taking anything. I don't know. It would bum. It bones me out too. So to see that kind of stuff, because you're like, man, like just be courteous. I don't know. Yes, yeah. well, that's such a. Yeah, I you, love that. If yeah. you can help out, you should try to help out however you can, and admit that you just don't know things, and mm. like, uh, you know, it's fine. It's it's. I mean, we could go in circles about it forever. But I I totally agree with you. I ran into it just this week. Like, you know, I came up to visit my friend in Boston, and I got a text on Sunday from someone I had met up earlier in the week and he's like, hey dude, I just tested positive. I'm letting you know that you were exposed to me in this window. Like, you should get to, and then, oh man, like, so my friend's mom is a doctor. His brother has has an infant child and now I'm this dude who, not intentionally, but now I've I've put everybody in this limbo. And so, yeah, I got a test and I had to sit in a room for six days until we got the results back and we like followed the guidelines. And some people would be like, oh, that was a huge pain in the ass. But I'm like, no, man, like, fuck, I just put them in this on this tightrope for six days. My friend and his family, Ugh, like I felt horrible the whole time. And I was like, fuck, like I wasn't being, you know, anyhow, point being that like, yeah, coming back to this kind of stuff is weird. Can I, can I, this, I hope this isn't. It's such a departure, but can I share the one news story that I was that I was most struck by on the trail? Yeah. Yes, actually, that would, that have, been, like, would have been a brilliant a, question. Yeah. In a normal year, which I know is the cliche term for 2020, in a uh-huh. normal year, I think that this would be the this would be the stopper. But it just got glanced over. The Pentagon confirmed UFOs, like that fucking happened in July, and I read about it, and I was like, what? Aliens, like uh, I mean, like they confirmed the existence of UFOs, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I yeah, heard yeah." About this. Well, they they waited till oh, the I right. Know. They, they, they slipped it in. They were like, "Oh, America, like this will be buried in two days." So it, it was. They just were like, "By the way, we have a team that works for us, and we can confirm their unidentified alien." But they call them like uh, aerial vehicles, not of this world. And I was like, "That's a fucking UFO! Don't do, like. What do you mean? Have you heard so, about yeah, the, the? Have you heard about the thing in Utah with the monolith, whatever they call it? Yeah, it's called a monolith. <laughs> Again. Yes. Fuck it, your illegal votes. 
Are we gonna talk about aliens? <laughs> yes. Is it? I think it's called. Is I know it called I just a monolith? ruined any credibility. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's a monolith. Yeah. Yeah. So they found the monolith in Utah. <laughs> this guy they didn't know how long aliens. It, they found it in that in that uh, state park or whatever it was in Utah. No one knew it was there. It'd been there for a while, and then. So the, the state, they were like uh, getting photos of like bighorn sheep in the wild out there or something. It's there. It's gone. It disappears. It, someone went and got it or it disappeared. And, and then it showed up. A different version of it showed up in somewhere. I think it was in Greece or somewhere. I can't remember where it showed up. It was in some uh, somewhere on the European continent. Uh, and I, it was... It's just a, like I, I was telling Carol, it was funny. I was like, "This is cr- like this is insane. This thing just appeared, knowing where it came from, and then it disappeared, and then now it showed up. A different version of it showed up somewhere, and like, and no one knows who's Damn. doing this, or and even like where it was, they were like, you know, it'd be hard for someone to get out there and put this thing up. Like, we don't know how they did that. Yeah, that yeah, is so a wild. Thanks for bringing that up. Like, that you're what? Up there. Yeah, <laughs> that was a glossed over. We're it was certainly not, not covered. Yeah, it was certainly not covered in the country and origin. I have podcast, heard, I'll tell you. Well, I've heard a lot about the the monolith from Blaze, and then I I hadn't even heard about this UFO story. I have to say, yeah, the pe- having listened to both of them, I am still just not super interested. This just blows my mind. <laughs> I mean, I get that is, I I just go like the Pentagon, not a group known for like yucks and pranks, just like is, but they have blandly admits like, but, they have had a lot of changes in management. I mean, they, yeah, we have gone through about four true. Secretary of Defenses in, in, uh, in f- five years, or no, yeah. we went through four and three years, oh, or something man. like that. Yeah. Okay, but to end this, we're going into the the Christmas holiday. I know that Matt, you were an avid reader before you started the trail. I know, you know, from reading your updates, that you continue to read while on the trail. Um, and I want to end on a, a hopeful note for our, our path forward. What was? Uh, everyone's best book that they read in 2020 and we're gonna and you can you know obviously share Ooh. why why it was the the best book you read in 2020 i'm gonna say it just because of this conversation we just had so mm-hmm. hank green wrote an absolutely remarkable thing and it is basically the storyline that we're experiencing with the utah thing. so it's about a woman who finds a statue in new york and can't explain where it came from and her journey through basically like the mystery being un, uh, unveiled. And so an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green is fantastic. Okay. And then there's a sequel, uh, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor. So okay. two great, uh, it's, a same, it's a full story, but two books, they're awesome. Hmm. Blaze took up, while you were gone, Blaze took up reviewing books as kind of a journaling exercise for himself on Goodreads. So he, he's read a lot, but his, his big nice. thing is that he writes these like, lengthy reviews after he they're not always it. lengthy but they're just reviews <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty lengthy <laughs> do you just review the good ones the ones you like or do you no, do you I'll go re- in on the all of them review all of them i'll go first you can think about about yours for a second i'll just i i don't know if it's the best book but probably the most like impactful book i read this year i did finally read uh the fountainhead by ayn rand i've <gasps> referred to it on this podcast before I am not, you know, indicating that I agree with everything that Ayn Rand believed. However, I, uh, I did, um, you know, really, I felt like it was a, a story that uh, I appreciated and could see a lot of. It's a pretty wild book. It's yeah. a pretty wild book. Yeah. 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 Oof. Um, I'm a little torn, but I'm going to go with Joseph and the Way of Forgiveness. Mm. Um, it's probably the one that I'm going to 
I'm gonna say it's a short, quick, easy read, and I've never read anything quite like it. The way it's which it's designed, it's like it's fiction, kind of, but it's a Bible story. So it depends on who you ask if it's fiction, and then it's a retelling of a Bible story with more detail by like a Jewish scholar. It's pretty cool. It's a just a good book. Um, I do think I, I know that we all were supposed to just go with one, but I do want you to mention another one, uh, Matt. You said there was a book that you audio book, I think maybe that you listened to a couple of times. You at least it was one that you'd either read or listened to a couple of times oh, on the trail, yeah. and I think you should share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just need like chicken noodle soup for the soul type like feel goods, uh, it's called "You're Doing Great" by Tom Papa. Uh, Tom Papa's a comedian. His he has a special with the same title on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to listen to an audiobook, you can basically get the one hour synopsis in his stand-up special. But yeah, it's called You're Doing Great. And it's it's just filled with so many things of, of like, oh, so he starts both off with a joke being like, there's gonna come a time in your life where you're gonna get invited to do something. And your first question is gonna be, are there stairs? And if the answer is yes, you're not going. <laughs> and so if you haven't if you haven't reached that point in your life yet, things are pretty pretty good. Uh, so, yeah. I love to, yeah, Tom Pop is one of my favorite comedians. And, and the book is it called is, What's the name of the book again one more time? The book is called You're Doing Great and doing Other great. Reasons to Stay Alive ah. by Tom Papa. You know, uh, yeah. I so I'm I'm going to I'm going to have to check this one out cuz I do need a little chicken soup for the soul I think after yeah. 2020. So I don't know, we may do Caroline and I may do a bonus uh, one more podcast before the end of the year, one more episode. But if not, um, this may be the last one. Uh, either way, Matt, thanks for uh, carving out some time for us uh, and telling us about your post-trail experience. Um, we enjoyed it. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of cool things in this podcast. So I said it was going to be a great one, and now that we've heard it uh, live, I think it is. Yeah. Well, thanks. The, the big, big takeaways, people are generally good. Yeah, and just be courteous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, lessons for 2020. Be courteous. Mm -hmm. Also, um, you're doing okay. So, you know what I mean? Like, the, the final... You're final doing word. great. You're doing great. Yeah, that's what it is. As you're long doing as great. stairs you're doing great. aren't stopping you, you're fine. You're doing great. So. You're doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'll have to come up with another harebrained scheme so I can come back for, for three. Oh, the yeah. Triple crown. We'll, we'll definitely have you back. I, I don't feel like you're ever uh, short on interesting things to talk about. So... <laughs> We appreciate it. Yes, we do. Cool. And uh, thanks again, Matt. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening to Country and Origin. <laughs>